The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss product-led go-to-market and why you should care about it. Joining us is Natalie Marcatulio, who is the head of growth at Novatic, which empowers go-to-market teams to instantly create interactive product demos. Novatic lets companies give prospects hand-on access to their product earlier in the buying journey and on their own time. Yesterday, Natalie and I talked about how to go product-led in seven days or less, And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about shifting your customer's journey to being buyer first. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Natalie Marcatulio, the head of growth at Novatic. Natalie, welcome back to the MarTech podcast. Excited to be back. Always excited to have you on the show and excited to continue our conversation about moving towards a product-led growth model. You know, we talked a lot about yesterday how to move away from the live demos that can be time consuming, not only for your product team, for your sales team, more towards an interactive type demo. And all this goes into the idea that people don't want to be sold to anymore. Everyone is doing their own research. They're looking for information about your product through all sorts of different channels. So we're seeing this shift away from sign me up for a demo. I'm going to spend my whole time in front of salespeople researching products and services to I'll just go figure it out myself. So talk to me a little bit about how marketers can think about shifting their customer journey to being buyer first. So I'm not the first to say this, but I think we're all seeing in B2B that we're basically copying B2C at this point. And one thing I've been thinking a lot about in the B2C buying marketing cycle is ideally you want to get that natural referrals. You don't want them researching 10 shirts. You want them to ask a few friends, hey, what do you like? And then I'll buy that. A lot simpler. And that's how we're getting used to buying. And in B2B, the only way people can recommend you, can talk about you, is if they understand what you do. Not everyone's going to get to be a customer. Not everyone's going to get to do a free trial or have the time to. So really the idea here is how can you increase product knowledge or visibility by basically using interactive demos, product-led content in general, so that people can buy the way that they buy in B2C. Because that's how we're seeing people wanting to buy. My thought is we're moving more towards a push mechanism than a pull mechanism with our B2B marketing. We need to not only create content that lives on our owned assets and try to drive traffic and adoption to those, we need to take the content we have and distribute it to the places where people are looking for information. 
Talk to me a little bit about that product content and how you're distributing it out in the places where your customers might be looking. I think one of our customers did a great example showing this with LinkedIn ads. I think every marketer has had some frustration with LinkedIn ads before. They generally don't convert well. They're decently expensive. And the old pull model, you're trying to get people to come in, see a LinkedIn ad, something catchy that caught your eye, maybe some sort of graphic that in theory was supposed to resonate with them because it looked like them and get them to book a demo. So trying to pull them in. And this new model, what we've seen our customers say is they really were focusing just on education. They didn't care about conversions and hyper-focusing on that when it came to LinkedIn. All they cared about was getting the word out on their product, showing something that would stand out and educating the market about what they do rather than just trying to force them to take a demo when they're not ready. No one's on LinkedIn to take a demo. They're there to learn. I don't even know why people are on LinkedIn and I spent a fair amount of time. It's mostly about self-promotion if you ask me, but that nevertheless, I'm a podcast host. What do I know? I understand what you're saying in the sense of you can use the various marketing channels to start to distribute your content. I think of B2B growth in the classic three stages of B2B marketing. You're building your awareness. You're nurturing your customers to be more aware of your individual product features. And then you're trying to drive conversions, trying to get them over the finish line. If we're not driving people to our websites, how do we know whether they're in the nurture awareness, the conversion phase? What, what's the marketing activities we should be driving to them? I think there's kind of this obsession right now with being able to measure every single thing. So when you asked, how do we know? I was going to say part of this new model of ungating, of putting your product there is you might not fully know when someone's in that nurturing state, when they are actively ready to buy. I think the flip of this mindset is try to be as many places as possible. And I'm not saying waste your money. Obviously, right now we have to be strict with budgets, understand your audience, know where they live, be in those channels. But rather than being so focused just on measuring, just try to be where they're at, spread word, give helpful information, educate them. And that's more of that push, just keep educating. And then when they're ready, they'll come back around, which I know is pretty different than the typical model of we need to outline them in this perfect funnel and measure them at every single point of the step. But I think we're realizing that people don't want to be bought or put in a funnel. So we might as well cater to how they want to market, how they want to learn rather than forcing them into process that works for us. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. 
Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. You know, the customer journey is not linear. And the more that we try to think about giving the customers what they want, being buyer first, the more we have to give up some control. Now, it gets us into the problem of our marketing analytics. If I'm not driving people to my funnel to try to figure out what stage they're in, I'm not collecting data, I'm not understanding how I can optimize the buying experience, I'm going to be less targeted. I'm going to lose some control. So how do we counteractive or balance the, I want to put my content where the customers are, and I want control and data in my own environment? To clarify, I'm not anti-data. I actually come from a little bit more of an ops background, and I love marketing data. But I think you have to trust that if you build the proper relationship with your prospects, with your customers, they'll tell you about how they found you about their buying experience rather than just having to obsessively track their cookie. So for example, we have the classic how'd you hear about us field on Nevadic. And we have plenty of people ask, well, people are actually going to tell you how they heard about you. And nine times out of 10, they do, because hopefully they've had a positive experience up to that point and want to give a shout out to the channel or the educational content that we put out. And then throughout the buying journey, if we've developed good relationships with our prospects, if we don't feel like we're just shoving them down this funnel, they'll talk to us about what they liked, what they didn't like. And it can kind of be a little bit more of a human connection rather than just relying on the data. Like still use the data, but combine the two. I think the post-purchase survey is an incredibly important and very underutilized tool to truly understand what's driving an interaction in marketing. I think that generally what we're talking about is a shift away from our last touch attribution models where we're giving credit to what drove the end activity as opposed to the most impactful marketing activity. At the end of the day, it's not just about getting in front of your customers. It's not just about putting the marketing activity that's going to drive them across the finish line, because if you don't do that impactful marketing education, if you're not thinking about what your customer wants, if you're not providing them with the knowledge they need to get through the funnel, they're never going to get to the end of it. So Natalie, if we're moving away from our model where we're driving all of the activity to our website, what is the end outcome and benefit? And how do we tie this all back to the relationship that we have with our customers? I think the end outcome and benefit from a business perspective is faster, easier deal cycles. I mean, on our end, we've seen drastically decreasing the sales cycle because we've developed that relationship, that trust on the front end. And kind of to bring it back to my first analogy, how much faster have you bought a shirt from a friend when they recommended it to you versus when you're out in the market searching for new shoes? For new shoes, you go to 10 different websites. You feel like you have to read every review because you don't know if it's worked or not. Versus if a friend sends you something they like, you'll just buy it instantly because you have that connection. And that's basically what we're trying to build is build that friendly, trustworthy connection so that when it comes time to buy you, it's just like buying that shirt that your friend recommended. Know, like, and trust. That's what your customers want. And that's the secret to improving the velocity and the size of your funnel. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Natalie Marcatulio, the head of growth at Nevadic. If you'd like to get in touch with Natalie, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her company's handle is Nevatic, N-A-V-A-T-T-I-C, or you could visit their website, which is nevatic.com.
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.